From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is the Slices of Life podcast, where friends grow faith, enhance life, and build community together. I'm Kimberly Amici, and I'm joined this week by my co-host, Elise Daly-Parker, life coach, writer, speaker, and Noelle Rhodes, writer, storyteller, and curator of life. A few weeks back, Elise, Noelle, and I had a ton of fun talking about how to be a bad friend and the things we can do to be a good one. This week, the three of us are back talking about the four things you need to know about friendship. It's based on a post I wrote for Circles of Faith back in October of 2015. Hi, guys. Hey there. Great to be here today. Very good to be here. I'm so excited to continue our conversation on friendship, but before we get started, let's answer this week's question. So last time we were together, we asked the question about friendships that started online. This week, I want to know, have you found a friend in an unlikely person or an unsuspecting place that is besides the internet? Okay, well, I will talk about um, a relationship that was surprising to me. Um, I was going to an amazing retreat called Winsome a couple years back, and um, I was expecting a couple of friends to join me, and um, I'm trying to think, was I speaking that time? I guess I was not speaking, but anyway, I, I... was a little uncomfortable. This was not a familiar group for me. So I decided, okay, so a few friends had dropped out. I'm going to go by myself. I'm going to be okay with this. Um, and I'm going to meet up with those friends that I don't really know very well, but I had in fact meant met through the internet. So it's all set to bunk with familiar strangers. Let's put it that way. And when I checked in to Winsome Retreat, the woman who um, was registering me said, okay, your room is, so your room is number three and you're in there with Robin Hurst. And I kind of panicked and said, well, wait a minute, I, I think I was supposed to be in the room with Delana Gibbs. Oh no, she said, no, you're in there with Robin Hurst and Delana has another person in her room. So um, that's, that's, that's what we set you up with. I have to tell you, my heart sunk <laughs> and I headed into that room disappointed and a little panicked. And when I got to the room, this person's stuff was all set up and not in any invasive way. In fact, it wasn't on a bed or anything, but it was stuff was next to the little sink. And I was kind of like, oh, my gosh, who is this person? I'm really not up for this. I just want to come and be here and relax and enjoy. Well, as God would have it, because he is so good at orchestrating relationships and lots of other things, I met this woman, Robin Hurst, that evening, and we absolutely hit it off so quickly, fell in love with one another. We just had a ball. We talked about everything within the first three hours of our relationship that night. We stayed up talking late. We even talked, you know, from bed to bed when you're like a little sister, you're talking from, um, from into the night, literally into the night space. And we, that continued the entire weekend. And I was so surprised and so not looking for that relationship, but so glad that I found it because Robin has remained a good friend of mine. We are not we don't live near one another. We're many, many hours away from one another, but we do talk on a regular basis. And I am so thankful for um, that that winsome retreat that brought me together with my newish friend, Robin Hurst. How fun! Mm-hmm. Awesome. What about you, Noelle? Yes, I. Um, well, I was a missionary in Northern Ireland for five and a half years, and about halfway through our time there, it just got really, really hard. Like just really stuff was going on and I just 
I really wanted to throw in the towel and go home and, you know, not do ministry anymore. And there was another American missionary couple that lived about an hour and a half away from us. And they just so happened, they kind of kind of heard that things had kind of gotten tough where we were. And they drove down to where we were. And the husband spoke at our church. And afterwards, we had them over for dinner. And I hardly knew this woman named Lori. I, all I knew is that she had a million children. She had five children. But it felt like a million to me. And she sat down with me. We we're just chatting. And she goes, look, I know it's been hard. Like, she kind of like cut the chase. She said, why don't we go for a walk? And we went for a walk. And I just kind of, I just sort of opened my heart to her and told her how I felt discouraged and how I really wanted to go home. And she just like listened and encouraged me. And from that point on, we just kind of became really good friends. And I really liked her so much that I said to Troy, why don't we have them sleep over them and their whole family come down to Belfast and sleep over our house, our tiny little house in Belfast um, for Boxing Day because everyone celebrates Boxing Day there. And just from then on, we just kind of really became close. And then we wound up moving up to where they were and working with them at their church. And we served alongside each other and we lived around the corner for them. And But Lori became a really close friend of mine. And it really, it was birthed out of her just asking me if I'm okay mm. and she didn't know me well you know she didn't wait until she knew me well enough to say you know hey I've heard things have been tough are you okay she just kind of went for it and I've always appreciated that that's so, awesome that is great yeah well my um unsuspecting friendship would be um my best friend um we've been friends now for 24 years and I met her early on freshman year in college because we were involved with the same boy at the same time. Oh. Um, <laughs> so without all the salacious details, um, basically, you know, she confronted me one, one night and I was like, wow, huh? You know, and um, I, we never, I don't think we ever really disliked each other. We had a mutual best friend who had kind of, you know, we always knew about each other because of this mutual friend because she was, you know, she would keep us updated and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> on the goings on with the on, guy. On the goings on and who was doing what and who was doing where. And anyways, um, fast forward four years, uh, just around uh, at the graduation commencement speech, uh, we ran into each other and we gave each other a hug. And I remember walking away thinking that was somebody I wish I had have gotten to know. And it wasn't, but I don't know, I want to say a few weeks later, like three or four weeks after graduation, maybe not even, I got a phone call from our mutual friend that said, you know, she just moved down to Atlanta. She's looking for a roommate. I know that you're going down there for the Olympics. Why don't you connect with her while you're down there? When I was down there, we got together for a drink, and by the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm moving down. We're going to be roommates. And <laughs> we, just, a, just a week after the Olympics ended, I moved back down to Atlanta, and then I think about a month later, we got an apartment together. Wow. And that was the start of our true friendship. Um, and so that's lasted a long time. She, uh, sh we left Atlanta. I moved to um, New York City. And months later, she moved to Hoboken, and then I moved out here to the Burbs. And then a few months later, she moved out to a neighboring town. And then 
recently she's moved um, away, further away, but just a few hours away. And um, we're still very close. And um, I laugh because that had the potential to just be a missed opportunity in my life, but it's really been an amazing friendship. Mm, That's cool. Love it. Love it. So clearly we've had some great luck with the friends that we've just mentioned. Mm -hmm. It's not always easy though. Um, When I was a kid, I found it really easy to make friends. My BFFs were the girls that lived in my neighborhood and the kids that I was in class with. But then I found in my college years and in my early twenties, um, Proximity still played a big role in my friendships, but I started gravitating towards people that I had common interests with. Mm. Um, But then after transitioning to being a stay-at-home mom and moving to the suburbs, I kind of found myself a bit lonely. I looked around and realized I don't have, like, my go-to crew. Like, I don't have somebody to just call up at the last minute and and go out with or even, you know, anybody to talk to. Um, you know, when I was working, I had the people that sat around me and I was in their lives every day for three years. And when I stayed home, that all went away. And for some reason I was, I was baffled that those friendships weren't maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, but we weren't sitting together anymore. There goes that proximity thing. Um, and what I found over the years and certainly something I wish I had have learned a lot earlier um, in my early 20s was that there are different rules for grown-up friendships um, than there are for when you're a kid and even in college. And I, I would say even in your early 20s when it's all about, um, you know, starting off fresh in a new town or, or a new place and everybody's looking to make friends and mm-hmm. everybody wants to be a part of each other's lives because they're doing yeah. this thing on their own, you know, mm-hmm. making making their life. And um, so that's why I wrote that post for circles of faith about the four things that you need to know about friendship, because I had kind of started to go on this journey at some point last year and just realized, Oh my gosh, what I've been expecting out of friendships is not, um, the way it is. So I guess I'm wondering, Kimberly, you, you were describing some of the ways you were feeling, uh, you know, you'd moved to the burbs and you didn't have that sort of automatic circle that was through proximity or through a common, activity like being young in a new city or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what I, 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 you know, a lot of people would probably just kind of keep wondering and get a little bummed out and all that kind of stuff. What, what was the impetus that really got you to say, okay, I need to do something about this. I'm going to go on a little journey here. I heard a recording, a podcast from Sorta Awesome Podcast. Um, it was episode 14. It was called All About Friendship, where they talked about how friendship is different when you get older and as an adult. And I was shocked. I was like, why didn't anybody tell me this sooner? (laughs) Um, And it didn't seem, it wasn't rocket science. It was just so clear to me. And then right around the same time, um, I read the book Lean on Me by Ann Mm -hmm. Miller. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a book about um, community and it was about her experiencing a divorce and how she really got through it by intentionally rallying community around her mm-hmm. and just her boldness and going to people and saying, I'm going through a really tough time in my life. Will you be a friend to me? Will you hold me accountable to my faith and my standards? Aww. And that was, that was great. That was, um, just powerful. And then one more resource that was, um, in an unsuspecting place was from Tim Keller's book, the meaning of marriage. There's a, just a chapter on friendship and it really is talking about friendship in terms of marriage But the principles of friendship and what makes a good friendship, um, what makes your spouse a good friend, really just hit home. They they were all three sharing different perspectives, but they really all worked together to form 
my new perspective mm-hmm, on friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of call that a neon sign from yeah. the Lord when you get yeah. those things that just keep blaring. Yeah. And you're like, okay, okay, I got to pay attention to this. Yeah. So I, I would love to hear more about your four things you need to know about friendship. And okay. um, one of the things that you started with was discovering th- something about friendship for the sake of friendship does not last. Can you mm. tell, us, tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, I had I touched on it a little bit earlier when I said that I had these coworkers that I would sit to next next to every day, and I thought, well, I was so close with them, but after the work went away, they, you know, their relationships went away. away. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and I was at first I was kind of like these people were a part of my life. Like, why don't they keep in touch with me? And I know that I'm in the burbs, and they're a little bit further away. But aren't these supposed to be my friends? And you know, I had kind of expected that after college meaning that yeah. people were moving yeah. across the country and you know that you're only going to stay in touch with maybe one or two. and But I didn't expect it then. I didn't expect it when I stopped working. Mm. And I found myself in the suburbs and really just wanted to be anybody's friend. <laughs> and <laughs> somebody be my friend. And I was fortunate at the time to meet a group of women in a mommy and me class. And, uh, gosh, there was maybe six of us by the time the group disbanded and unintentionally, but, um, disbanded due to our kids just getting older and now getting enrolled in pre-K and now doing sports. Um, there was six of us that got together. We started to get to get together once a week and we would sit our little three months on the floor on their backs and like call it play group. And we connected over having newborns. And having children and being stay-at-home moms for the first time. And so we had something that connected all of us. And that's and then those women were lifelines to me. Mm. And I was deeply saddened when the, when the group broke up. And um, we're still friends on Facebook. And we're talking about doing a reunion. So, um, you know, it's, it's fine. But that was a season when I had people in my life. And kind of when we got into the school years. Yeah. And I was meeting people in my community. There was nothing that kept me together with any of the people that I was talking to at school or on the playground. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it was friendship for the sake of friendship just doesn't last. Like, it's nice to know that you can talk to this mom every day when you see her on the playground. But if there's nothing that connects you, yeah. It's not going to, there's no reason to get together again on purpose. And, and right. I think that there are friendships that we get together because our kids are friends. But then again, mm-hmm. as they get older, I started to lament us not getting together anymore. Because once they got to drop off age, we weren't having lunch while the kids played. And all of a sudden I was devastated again. Like I thought we were friends and now mm-hmm. they don't want to get together. They just want to drop their kid off at my house or they're not inviting me over anymore. They're just saying, Hey, I'll grab your kid and take him to the park. And I was like, don't you want to be my friend? <laughs> my friend? <laughs> you know, you know, and just that our kids played got to that, got, it got to a place where that wasn't enough. Yeah. 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 yeah it sounds a little devastating actually <laughs> yeah. when you put, when you put it together the way you've put it together. And I, I would, I would not be surprised yeah. if many of us have had the same journey, but maybe yeah. not paid so much attention to it, had this kind of feeling of, Oh, what's going on here? But you know, really didn't get to the point of articulating and, and going beyond it, and then something else allowed us to connect. I don't know. but well, I um, always had a pity party, so I had plenty of time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I remember that pity party. And I've had pity party about other things. But um, oftentimes friendship, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you do talk, okay, so something that you learned was that a common goal, mission, or passion are needed for friendships to thrive. So um, you, you kind of, your first uh, thing to know about friendship has to do with realizing that if you don't have those things, your friendship's not going to last. So what did you learn about this, the common goal, mission, or passion that you need for friendship? Well, um, you know, once I, I mean, I read this in a book and I was like, oh, okay. And so I started to really look at my friends and say, well, what do I have in common with them? And this goes back to kind of, um, you know, I guess I would say friendship 101 Mm. or not even, you know, that, that book, um, how to win friends and influence people. They talk about asking people questions and being interested in what they're interested in. And to me, that was just seemed like work, you know, (laughs) like really, really. (laughs) But if you do that, and this is not manipulative, um, but with, with a purpose in mind, if you start to do that, because you're, you're trying to find something that you can connect with that person Mm -hmm. over, then there's a reason to catch up with them next time you see them on the playground. Um, so for example, you can have a common passion, like, you know, volunteering for an organization, you can have a common passion, um, to fight sex trafficking. Um, you can have a common passion for writing and those things are good. I mean, that's how we connected Elise was through writing. I was able Mm -hmm. to talk to you about writing. You spoke my language, you know, what I was talking about when I talked about, um, you know, wondering what to write about and how to fit it into my schedule. And we had, you know, that connected us. Mm -hmm. But it could be simple. It could be working on a project at school together, volunteering at school together. It could be liking the same author or liking the same type of books. I mean, book club is, you know, a cliche a bit, but it's a great way to make friends because you can share something together and you can have a friendship rooted in that. And I think after a while, you can also get to know each other on different levels, but it's that friendship or that common passion that keeps you coming back to each other. And I think that's what I lacked was finding yeah. connection with people. Instead, I was just looking for anybody. Automatic, automatic friendship. Like, just be my yeah. friend because we all want to have friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you brought up something really um, interesting. As you, talk about, you talked about how you, when you're in the season of the Mommy and Me group. And I've been doing a lot of research about friendship, as you know, and made a survey. And one of the things people said a lot was how the main thing that hindered their friendship was a change of season. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times friendship is really easily born in season. You know, mm-hmm. I have friends at the lake I sit with because we're all watching our kids and making sure yeah. that they don't drown. But what happens when they get old and they can swim on their own? They don't need us there, although I don't think I'll ever stop watching them. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think yeah. that that's a mistake that we make. It's not It's not that's a mistake. It's something that we rely on too much. And you brought up a really good point about how it's it's important to find a common goal or interest that goes beyond season because seasons do change. Yeah, good point. Good. You know, and it's really it's healthy. It's a healthy way of of making friends and making friends with people that you may not normally have chosen. Yeah. Because they're not in your season. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's something that actually, Kimberly, you do mention in this article, which is interesting um, because you have 
got a group of friends that you get together with and you even get together as families, I think, Mm -hmm. but these are not people you would have pictured yourself with. And I think that's a good point too. So what about that? Yeah. So, you know, I spent a lot of time on the playground because we live in a community where there's no buses. So we get to know the moms. If I don't know the mom, I know the caregiver. I know who the kid is. We're in a small town and there's moms that I talked with pretty frequently, but then there was this quiz night that was going on at our, at my child's school and people were forming teams. And I thought of all the people that I was friends with that I talked to every day on the playground or, or we have playdates and, and they were teaming up with other people and nobody was asking me to be on their team because a few of them had already, I guess, had established groups. And they, of course, stayed in their groups, whether it was, you know, an older sibling that was friends and that's how they met or this group over here they've been friends with for years or this group's from one end of town and this group's from another. And so people were grouping up and I I was just kind of, you know, of course, again, feeling sorry for myself, (laughs) thinking that, well, those are the people I want to be friends with and those are the people I want to include me. And those are the people that I don't understand why they're not asking me to be a part of their team. And... What happened was, is we ended up still registering for the event. There was another couple that we sat with because my husband had met the, the wife on the train. And, you know, he's like, oh, I asked this couple to be with us. And they asked another couple. And I was like, all right, <laughs> all right, that's great. I'm not going to be sitting with my friends, but that's okay, you know. <laughs> um, what friends? I, what friends? <laughs> Apparently, they're not my friends. So I, um, anyways, the that was that you know we did that and we you know we were kind of the the last three couples to register. We were the table in the back of the room, and we had only six people on our team while everybody else had ten. We didn't oh, even have a full geez. table. Use your table. I, and so the following year that this event was held, we added two more couples to the to the six. And after that event, I I just, you know, emailed out. I'm like, hey, guys, does anybody want to get together for game night? You know, and what's developed over time is now this group of 10 of us that we get together regularly to play games together. And what's been fascinating is that if I were to tell you who they are, what they did for a living, you know, even what their political views are, you would say these are not likely friends. Um, Wow. Love that. All of us are so different, but that's what makes this group so amazing. And when we get together, the kids get together, and the kids have hit it off, and the kids know that we're going to get together to play a game, and they want to know the next time we're getting together. And recently, we all went out to dinner without the kids, and they were like, what do you mean we can't go? What do you mean? And who's going to be there? And and so it's really nice to see this this friendship developed. And the one thing I would say about this is that we do chat about other things, but, but, but the games is enough to keep us coming back to each other. We don't need to, I mean, I probably could kind of tell you what they all did for a living, but not really, because we don't talk about that. We, there's so many other things that we've connected over. And what this has really shown me is that, yeah, I can meet friends that are unlikely, but that I need to take my eyes off of who I think I want to be friends with Mm -hmm. and be open to being friends with somebody who, you know, is different, not even different than me, but just who maybe I, I, I wouldn't normally reach out to on my own. 
Not yeah. for any reason, not that there's anything wrong with them, but just because it, my focus is somewhere else. Well, I, I think that's such a good point about friendship and um, who, who we're supposed to be friends with. Mm-hmm. I just think we have this preconceived notion of who we are, who we connect with, who would be my good friend, who I want to be affiliated with. And we end up cutting ourselves off from people that might be the ones that we're really supposed to connect with. And I, I, I just think it's great that you went, you, you did that hard thing. I mean, I think Noelle and I are both sitting here listening to that story of three couples instead of 10 and sitting in the back (laughs) of their room and just like, Oh no, you know, middle school lunch table. Um, it's just painful, but it turned out so well. And that's because you opened yourself up to something that wasn't what you necessarily wanted or would have chosen. And Mm -hmm. and I think it's a great lesson for all of us. I really, Mm -hmm. I really love that and can definitely relate in different times in my life. In fact, just my, my daughter was just on this weekend, um, this engaged encounter weekend. And she said to me, I was talking to her this morning about it. And you know, you're not there to make friends. I mean, you're really there to be prepared as a couple to get married and learn new things about yourselves, but you're having meals with community and all that. And she just described this one group of people that was so clearly like the popular people and they, you know, they got together right away and they were, and, and Katie said, um, you know, they they were looking our way a lot, but we decided we were going to try to be with people that weren't being immediately connected for whatever reasons. Mm, And so I just, I I think that's a great lesson. And again, I've heard it twice today. So always something to pay attention to when I feel like I'm I'm being drawn into a thought or or a consideration. And one thing that I read in Tim Keller's book, and he talked about it in the framework of Christianity and faith, you know, he said that, that our faith in Christ and the work that Christ has done for us Mm -hmm. is enough to bring the most unlikely, likeliest of people together. um, Well, if we allow that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I was going to say, you know, well, first of all, even Jesus had to go out and make friends. Mm -hmm. You know, he was the one that initiated friendship with the, with his disciples. But if you look at the disciples, they are the most unlikely group of people to be friends. You Mm -hmm. have zealots and tax collectors and fishermen. You have people who would have never, ever have any reason to be together apart from him. Mm -hmm. So I loved how you, you know, you beyond just being willing to do the quiz team, even though you had a seemingly weak team at the time, you did a a follow-up. And you're like, hey, does anyone want to do game night mm-hmm. you you know you pursued the friendship and that really is the key there yeah. you could have just left it in the dust but yeah. you didn't and now you have this group of people that you wouldn't have normally chosen as your friends but you're you're really thankful that you you do have them yeah 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 and i think that again is another um element of friendship to be willing to reach out which that was kind of, it sounds Kimberly a little bit like that was your husband who was willing to do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have to say there's been many times when I personally have felt, I don't know, some weird sort of unworthiness or fear of rejection. And I have definitely allowed other people to take the lead in relationships with me. I have felt, um, very timid about stepping out, uh, and asking somebody myself for coffee or, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know what that's about. Again, there's lots, so much to talk about, about these friendships. And I look forward to 
discussing them in more depth. Mm -hmm. But I want to continue with um, our four things you need to know about friendship. Um, We've talked about friendship for the sake of friendship does not last. A common goal, mission, or passion is needed. And a common interest can make the most unlikely people become friends. And now I want want you to tell us a little bit about friendships cannot be left up to chance. They require intentionality. Let's talk a little bit about that. We've touched on it. Um, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you, what that means for you. Well, you know, a lot of people think that friendships should form organically. And if they don't form that way, then they're forced or they're manufactured. And everything that I've read has challenged me to believe that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Of course, I would love to meet somebody and hit it off and, and live happily ever after. But I don't think that that can happen, especially when we're so busy and we stack our calendars with things to do. And we wear this whole, we talked about this in the last podcast, we wear busyness like a badge, like it makes us important. And I just don't have time. You know, I have friends that I will get together regularly with. And then there's other friends. I'm like, I don't understand. Why shouldn't we just get together every Tuesday? What it just makes sense. Like, you know, <laughs> but, but that is what it takes to maintain long-term and strong friendships. I don't get together with all my friends on a regular basis once a week. But my point is that if you have a friendship that means something to you and you don't have the proximity and you don't have other things that tie you together, what are you doing about it to maintain them? You know, the friendships for people in my town come a lot easier than the friendships that for my, my friends, even in the neighboring towns that are less yeah. than a mile from my house. Yeah. If I don't see you at school events, if I don't see you on the playground, I'm forgetting about you. Not because I don't love them and value them, but I have to go out of my way to make sure once or twice a month I'm texting them, hey, want to get together for coffee? I do have a friend who we try to get together once a week just to run together. Like, that's our time together. That's um, cool. And... You know, like I had mentioned before about um, having a common goal, a mission, or passion. I have a friend who I'd like to see more, but the whole, like, catching up every now and then hasn't maintained our friendship. But the minute I proposed an idea to her about doing, like, a book-to-movie club, she was like, yeah, I'm totally in. Mm -hmm. All right, so then there's an opportunity for us to get together once a month or once every other month, and it's an excuse that keeps us coming back to each other and... I don't, you know, I think that that is important because it's so easy for time to pass without connecting with our friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a really dear friend of mine and she lives in Philly and I live in New Jersey and that's only what, two hours away, but it feels like, you know, it feels forever away. Mm-hmm. So we tried to get together once a month and she either comes up to me or I go to her or we meet somewhere awesome like New Hope mm. and we just carve out the time. Like tonight, I'm going to leave after my kids are done with swim swim team practice. I've got my podcast loaded up. I'm going to drive down to Philly. I'm going to spend the night there. I'm going to spend the morning with her and then I'm going to leave after lunch so I can get home in time for my kids, you know, after school activities. But I have to make that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I don't organize and you know, carve that into my schedule, we won't have that. We won't have it. So we try to, and it's something we both agreed on that once a month 
we're going to try to give each other a good chunk of time. And I always am a better person afterwards. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I'm less uptight. I'm less complainy. I'm just much more relaxed and content when I have my friend to just talk about the deep stuff with and talk about the the not deep stuff with. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like your what mascara you should be wearing, for example. Yes. <laughs> fabulous. Unique. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> unique fabulous. Yes. Yeah. That's not a plug. <laughs> but go um, to we'll put the mind. link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but, yeah. Yeah. I'm a better person. Yeah. And I'm a better mom. And Troy would definitely agree that I'm a better wife. Um, just by having that that those sane moments with my friend. Friendship is really, um, a health, a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. It really does, um, a lot of things for us. And, and I know we're going to be learning more about that. Noel, as you do your research. So I'm looking forward to that. And I will say, as I'm listening to you guys, I think I'm probably working a little more out of the house and it's not as easy to do some of the things that you've talked about. Um, for me, it used to be because I was uh, a stay at home mom for many years and it's definitely, it's, it's challenging me because I'm thinking about how often I rely on happenstance even today mm-hmm. um, and how I really, I really have lost some sense of intimacy with some of the people that I really care about. And partially they're too, they too have taken on new jobs because many of us have raised our children and have returned to the workforce. Um, so, seasons so yeah, change just like yeah, seasons mentioned. have changed. Yeah. Another one, yeah. Which again, we've we've talked about that transition, and there's so many things that happen in that. So, um, I'm challenged by it, and I'm wondering too. Like, do you do either of you do anything? Um, we're talking about intentionality and in relationship. How do you sort of track that? I mean, you know what I mean. Like, do you decide, okay, um, these are the four people that are really I really need to see, uh, whatever, once a month um, or more than that, if possible. Or this is somebody who I really love and is nowhere near me. So I'm, I'm wondering about how you do make those intentional relationships part of your schedule and calendar, if you will, because I think that's part of what's necessary. And again, one of those things where you might think, oh, you shouldn't have to schedule your friend time, but yeah. you know, some people are scheduling their intimacy with their husbands on a calendar. So it's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's got to get done. Um, I... I would say, and I know we've kind of talked about, you know, there's all different kinds of friends. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. And I would say for me in, in relationship to my friend, Jamie, who I see once a month, she is like m- my friend that we talk a lot about the Lord. That's how always been. Mm. That's always been our relationship. She is my friend that, you know, when I, you know, she's one I call when I really need to hear what I need to hear, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, because my relationship with Jesus is so important, that's why our relationship is really, really key. So for me, I I carve that out because of the nature of our friendship. Mm -hmm. But then I have friends who I like to talk, you know, Mozart in the jungle with, or, Mm -hmm. you know, and those are, Oh, I watched that too. We're going to have to talk. I know (laughs) it's, it's equally important, but, um, those friends, you know, I can, get together via text or a message or um, I could, you know, have a little, you know, get together and watch, binge watch Mozart in the Jungle. But it's just, it's just a different nature of the relationship. So for me, I have to carve out that time with Jamie because that's, 
her impact on my faith. Yeah, and one of the really primary relationships. Did you have anything to add to that, Kimberly? You kind of talked about it, but I, I'm just... Yeah, I kind of talked about it. Um, going back to the common goal, yeah. you know, it's okay to compartmentalize friendships, meaning yeah. that I'll use my, my children as an example. My daughter um, has had a book club for a number of years, and now she has a cooking club, and she has different friends in different groups because they have different interests, right? Yeah, right. And I'm teaching her that's okay. The girls that you sit with at lunch don't need to be the girls that come over after school to cook. I mean, if they have an interest in cooking, sure, have them over. If they don't, don't bother them. Like, don't yeah. let them come over and do something they don't want to do. It's mm-hmm. good. Um, and, and that's okay. So I think sometimes our common, our common interests, our common passions, they'll dictate to us what intentionality looks like. Yes. Um, you know, so I feel like it takes the pressure off my daughter, it takes the pressure off her to cultivate those relationships outside of cooking club because she knows the last Monday of every month they're going to be here at her house with bells on. Mm. Um, and so she doesn't have the pressure to maintain those relationships at school because they don't, they're not in the same group together. So she doesn't yeah. have to worry about, well, how do I connect and keep up with that? And so the way that I'm intentional is by trying to I don't want to say form some type of group, but kind of, yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. So I do have friends that I read books with and we connect over books. I do have friends that are my go-to friends that I talk about um, the Lord with. And I Mm -hmm. talk to them when I'm struggling. I would, I wouldn't, you know, there's friends I would never call and talk to about my marriage because that's just not what our friendship is about. But I have another friend who's kind of reading the same books as me and, and she's going through similar things in her marriage. And, and so, yeah, it, that's who I go to when I need to really talk through some of those things mm-hmm. and to kind of embrace the differences in those relationships makes those individual relationships better Yes, because yeah. I'm not expecting one from another. And so back to the idea of intentionality, what those friendships focus on sometimes lends itself to how they're maintained. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we have to be okay with, where people have put us in their groups. Mm-hmm. You know Good what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I am not the person you're going to bring shopping with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to distract you. I'm just going to make you spend more money than you need. <laughs> I mean, and so like, I know I have friends who go shopping together and, you know, and that's just not, that yeah. I'm not that person to them, you know, right. Right. but I might be the person that you, you know, maybe you'll, I don't know. Who knows what I am? But I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> I know I'm not the shopping person. And there's been times where I've really been like, oh, man, I'm not cool enough. I'm not trendy enough, you know. And, and then I realized that's just not that's not what I give. Oh, yeah. And that's OK. Well, and that, again, I, I feel like we brought up so many subtopics um, being wanting to be good at all things and feeling badly when we're not <laughs> is another thing we could talk about. But um, and, and in friendship, too. Absolutely. It relates to that as well. So I think that we've, we've covered well these four things you need to know about friendship, and it's been really fun, and we really appreciate your perspective, Kimberly, as it's certainly um, piqued both Noelle's and my interest in our thoughts about our friendship. So that's oh, awesome. I have Thank one you. more thing, one yes, more thing to include. Yes, do. Um, you know, the, my friend that I had mentioned earlier on, 
when we did that opening question, um, you know, I've been friends with her for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I have looked back over our friendship when I kind of started learning about friendship and really looked at what has maintained our friendship. Mm-hmm. And what I've been able to see is that through different points of our lives, different things have maintained our friendship. So the first yeah. few years of our relationships, we were in our early, early 20s trying to pay our rent, trying to figure out who we are, what we're about. What is our life going to be like? And that's what bonded us together. And then the next phase of our life was when we got married and we're planning our weddings and talking mm. about families. And then the next phase of our life was when we had kids. And now this phase of our life is still the kids and our kids have developed friendships and we, we do um, travel to see each other. But she has opened an interior design business, which is my background. So now here's another thing that we can have together. And so the thing that that kept us in a relationship early on changed. Mm, And so it's good. And and what's been great is that we keep finding something that we have in common with each other. And there are going to be friendships that you might want to maintain, but the season that you shared something with, it might've might pass. But I still believe that there's an opportunity for you to maintain those relationships by digging deeper into the friendship and finding something else that you have in common. Like there's, there's a time when you let go of those friends. And then Mm -hmm. there's a time Mm -hmm. when you're like, this is someone's really important to me. We have history here that we can embrace and take into the next season of our life. And that can shift. And sometimes that might be an awkward stage where you're searching for that. What is Mm. it that we're connecting over? Like, is it, is it a television show? Is it books that we're reading? Is it a new hobby? And so, you know, don't give up on friends that you think might not have anything in common with anymore because you might be surprised that you'll find something. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very good point. It's very good. If yeah. I had um if my if I had relied on my best friend remaining in the same sort of life seasons as I have, we would not be best friends because um she doesn't have any children, for example. But she's been an amazing aunt to my children or aunt, depending on where you're from. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that's one of those examples. Um if if it had only been about the things that we truly connect on um, which was, you know, when you're a young mom, you want to connect with young moms. Yeah. Um, our relationship would have dissolved, but for the same reasons, Kimberly, we had a history and we'd been through a lot. We were able to carry on through uh, connecting in different ways. And she's not friends, you know, she lives in the area, but she's not friends with all these other people that I'm friends with. And she has no desire to. I, 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 I like to include everybody in every group. Um, <laughs> that's just who I am. And it doesn't work out always. But, yeah, I think, it's, I think you can also look for things and nurture and develop things in your relationship because that relationship is just so important to you for other reasons than um, where you are in life. So, yeah, there's a lot of aspects to yeah. friendship and a lot of uh, things to think about there. Now, I just I noticed that you have some resources that you feel have drastically changed your perspective mm-hmm. on relationship, community, and friendship. You want to, um, I think you talked about some of those. Yeah. You Remind us of what some of those are. I mentioned them earlier, um, and they'll be in the show notes. Okay. Um, The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Tim Keller, Mm -hmm. uh, Lean on Me by Ann Miller, and Mm -hmm. the sort of awesome podcast all about friendship. And they did a fantastic follow-up podcast on that called, um, oh, and I should have written this down, The Different Types of Friends That You Need, which was Mm. a really fun episode that focused, again, on different friends for different reasons in your life. Yeah. Ones that know you better than others. You have to listen to, you know, I won't do it justice. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And then, we, of course, we have some articles on yes. circles of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Elise, you did write a whole article about meeting Robin Hurst and finding yep. a friend in an unlikely I Yeah, I wrote, I wrote an article called, Are You Too Tired? too comfortable to make new friends. Yes. That's really what struck me that about that. <laughs> and then the, the article about mops, um, as yeah. a young mom looking yeah. for friendships, we, we kind of profiled uh, a ministry that will help you connect if you're a yes, young mom looking absolutely. for people. Absolutely. It can be a tremendous blessing. Mm-hmm. So do you want to wrap us up, Kimberly? Sure. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. What you've heard here today can be found in our show notes. Um, If you subscribe to the Circles of Faith newsletter, you'll get the show notes, additional content, resources delivered right to your inbox. You can sign up at circlesoffaith.org. And we would love to continue this conversation in our Facebook community group. So we'd love to hear, what's the surprising thing that you've learned about friendship? Did you discover the same things we did? Or is there something we're missing? Um, The link to that group will also be in our show notes. You can subscribe to us in iTunes so that you never miss an episode. And while you're there, we'd love for you to rate and review the show because your comments go a long way in helping others find us. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.